Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As always, make sure you are liking, subscribing, and downloading to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Myself and George would really appreciate it. And tell a friend about us. Tell all your Colts friends about the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We're here three times a week. For the good, which is very little so far, and mostly of the bad so far this season. Misery does love company, George, and we will be here for you. And we do love some more friends. So make sure you tell your other Colts fans about the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Uh, where where are, I guess we're available, I should say, wherever you can get your pods. So speaking of misery, George, this offensive line continues to just be an absolute sieve. You mentioned it. They had Bernard Ryman out there for most of the game of left tackle because Dennis Kelly was active, played, a, I believe it was just a drive, and then he was out, and then they made they bent Matt, uh, bench Matt Pryor. And Will Fry's come in. So you mentioned before three left tackles this season, three right guards this season. That's been, you know, two problem uh, issues for sure. But again, the offensive line in the entirety, all five guys were just horrendous. And you mentioned before the Patriots didn't blitz. So you're talking about three, four, maybe, maybe at times five rushers. And the Colts could not, for the life of them, say, say, you know, pick it up. And block as as uh, Sam Ellinger's got sacked nine times. It's I know it's we, it's hard to kind of talk about it in a different way because it's the same thing every single week. But here we are talking about another pathetic performance on the highest paid offensive line in the NFL. And that's I mean that's the season in a nutshell. That that's what it is. You had the highest paid offensive line in the NFL. You thought worst case scenario you're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. You're going to be able to run the football. And if the quarterback just doesn't make mistakes, you can you know make a couple plays here and there and and stay in games with a good defense. Everything else has worked except for that offensive line. I mean, the game plan, I think, coming into this year was you're going to have Jonathan Taylor. You're going to have one of the league's top three at worst rushing games. And you're going to, and you, you put a veteran like Matt Ryan behind center, and he's going to make a couple plays to make defenses pay when they overplay it. And then the defense is able to play at the level that it's been playing at. We'll get to that later. The defense has not been disappointing, uh, but the offensive line has kind of sunk everything else. Matt Ryan's not effective because he can't, he doesn't have any time. Sam Ellinger's not effective because he doesn't have any time. If Nick Foles gets a shot, he's not going to be effective because he won't have any time. It's the same thing over and over again. And it's not like they haven't tried there. I mean, like you talked about, you've rotated, you know, the lineup through a few times, three different players at left tackle, three different players at right guard. The problem is 
you let go a couple really good rogue grading linemen in, in Chris Reed and Mark Lewinsky. And again, we talked about this before with Jack Doyle losing Jack Doyle. And, and they talked about that a lot on the broadcast today. And I wasn't in new England. So I actually got to watch the TV broadcast, which is new for me. Uh, and so, you know, the, I heard them talking about that a lot today. And I think that's there. I think the guy we don't mention enough, and I'm as guilty as anyone is Zach Pascal. He was such Good a point. big part of that run blocking too, getting out there and opening things up downfield. And, and, you know, that's four guys. If you want to use Reed and Glowinski as one, since they were playing the same position, um, or not as one, you know, for counting right. Eric so, Fisher, counting right. Eric Fisher, who, who granted was terrible in pass protection, but did a pretty good job run blocking most of the year towards the end. He started to, to level off there too, which I think is part of why he's not back. But most of the year, he was at least at a higher level than what they're getting out of the left tackle now. So Fisher, the right guard, Doyle and Pascal, that's four guys involved in that run blocking you know, aspect of the game that, that aren't there. And I think you're seeing them be missed badly, but then it's scheme things too. I mean, you were just talking a, a minute ago at one point, Deion Jackson's on Matt Judon today. That reminds me of Kyle, Kylan Granson being on Jeffrey Simmons earlier. You, you're compounding problems. It's, it's a high degree of difficulty anyway. It's sort of like if I have a really hard test coming up and I know it and I cram for it at the last second, instead of actually doing my job, you know what I mean? I just made my own job harder. That's the Colts right now. They're, they're, they're taking what was already going to be a really difficult situation and, and making it harder on themselves. And it goes back to like Frank Reich. And like, at least for me, the, the biggest theme of today's game was just a play calling because like, again, Matt Judon by that point had two sacks in the second half already in the game. And I get both sacks like in the first two or three series. So he was feasting early and right. On a third down play, they're saying, Deion Jackson, go block the best pass rusher on the Patriots. I believe at this point, he's the league leader in the NFL in sacks. Go block him one-on-one. That's going to work out really well. Like, what are you ta- Like, what are you thinking? What is going through your brain if you are Frank Reich, if you're Chris Strauss, if you're, if you're scheming up this offense and saying, yeah, that's going to be our plan of attack this week. We're going to, on, on this play specifically, we're going to make sure Deion Jackson, a backup, a really a third-string running back, no disrespect to him, who's now mm-hmm. become the starter, He's going to now pick up one of the best pass rushers in the NFL who's already having a hell of a day as it is. In what world do you think that is going to work? And it goes, again, we've talked about with, with, with the quarterback, with you know, even with Deion Jackson himself. Put them in a position to succeed. Give them a chance. You want to chip Jamad Judon? Fine. But the fact that you're saying you're going to give him a head start and you're going to have him go one-on-one with a head of steam is never going to work. And it's just... I don't know how we're sitting here, George, and this just feels like an in, insane asylum. I feel like I am in an insane asylum. Hey, but look, at least Marcus Brady got fired, so it all was fixed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you saw the dramatic difference, George. Thank God he was gone because now all of a sudden this offense has really opened up. Holy I, smokes. You know, and, and and I think that's the thing. They, they keep – I talked about it at the time on, on both of those moves. You know, when we benched the quarterback and I said, well – your engine is blown up in your car and you change the tires. And then this week I said, they, they kind of wiped the windshield and, and that's what's happening. The engine is still completely shot. The car's still sitting on the side of the road, you know, waiting for, for somebody to come give it a tow. That's where they're at, you know? And, and I don't know. I know because I, you know, I've, I've heard in, in previous press conferences, and we want to get to that too, because obviously I wasn't there today. Um, you know, Frank Reich's even said they're frustrated because they are running out of answers. You know, they, they've got to get back into the room and they've got to figure out what they're going to do because every time they do something, it doesn't work. And 
again, I think it comes back to one problem, but it's never just that. That's the root of it. I think that's the fastest way to improve things. But like we're talking about, it's not just the offensive line. They're just making everything else, you know, a little bit harder. So why then, like, I, we've asked this question a bunch, but I'm just going to ask it again because I still I, I have no idea. Why, again, is Frank Wright continuing to employ Chris Josh? Like, I'll be like, I'll ask it, at this point, I'll ask this, George. Are the Colts being directed to tank? Like, at this point, I might be I might be under the impression Jim Mercer has told Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, you're safe. We're going to lose as many games as possible. You're not going to get fired after this year. And that's why Chris Strauss is still around, and that's why this offensive line's not changing because you mentioned it. You got it. At this point, it's about technique. The offensive line stinks. You made as many switches as possible. Now it's not personal. Now it's just can you change the way they block? Can you change their philosophy? Maybe that's going to, you know, create some sort of difference this season. He's the one man where you could truly make a difference or make a change and possibly see an actual difference this season. And that one move's not being made. And again, you're getting dominated by three and four man pass rush. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What are we, like, yeah, what, no. what else is the explanation of keeping employed outside the fact that they just are here to lose every game? <laughs> I, I don't have uh, an answer for that one. I I would have made that move before any of the other ones. Before I benched same. Matt Ryan, before I traded Naheem Hines, before I fired Marcus Brady, I would have seen, you know, if, if, if a change at the offensive line coach position would have made a difference. I would have elevated Kevin Mawai and, and just taken my chances and see, see what happens. See if a Pro Bowl center, maybe a Hall of Famer, could change, you know, the, the mindset on that line. Cause I think a lot of it, you know, we haven't talked a lot about it, but I honestly think a lot of the problem over there is sort of that vicious circle of negativity that they're stuck in. I don't think they're not getting any kind of success. They're not getting something they can grab onto. I think that's one of the reasons why Frank Wright kind of overpraised them the last couple of weeks when he was saying, I think the pass protection has been better. I think they're making strides in the running game. And people kind of looked at that a little sideways. I think he's trying to give them something that they can grab onto to build from, you know, sort of like if you're stuck down in a, in a deep, dark hole, you need somebody to throw you a rope or all you yeah. see is darkness. You know, and I, I think that's where the offensive line is right now. Honestly, I mean, we, look, they're NFL players. They take responsibility for their own jobs. I get that. But I think even even the best players on earth, even the best athletes on earth, at some point you need something that you can build on, something you can grab onto, something to, to put light in the darkness. And I think the offensive line has none of that right now. Uh, and it doesn't look like there's anything on the horizon. No, uh, like the rope, the, the life ring was tossed down, George, and it feels like they just cut it. They cut the rope and they said, ah, screw it. We're just going to keep, we'll hold on to the ring, but no rope attached to bring you up. It's just, it's been so bad. Let me just, let's use this, George. Uh, let's do this, George. Because I do want to get into the Frank Reich comments post game because they're too interesting. I think that's going to be a little bit longer conversation. So let's quickly at least give some praise because there was at least one bright spot in this just wall of negativity. Speaking of negativity, you mentioned, let's talk about something very uh, positive quickly. That was the defense. Defense, again, had a tremendous game um, where they played hard. They limited this Patriots offense. They had just 209 total yards. And so, it's it, like, you look at how bad the Colts' offense was. The Patriots' offense was basically almost as bad outside of, you know, a few extra field goals and, you know, the pick six and a block punt. 
Um, also made you know made the score look better than it actually was for the Patriots. But my God, at least at least the defense is playing hard. Bobby Okereke had a, a Shaq Leonard style uh, punch out, which is great to see. It's it's actually it's good to see the defense playing as well as they are. But at the same time, it's almost even more maddening because this unit is playing so well. It's like if you just have any sort of pulse on offense, this team is could be a playoff contender. But it's just anything but. It's it's such a waste of what has been a very good defensive year, especially after a slow start. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it off the air, but 17 points basically given up today by the offense and the special teams. You had the the block punt uh, that set up a touchdown. You had a long punt return that set up a field goal and then obviously the pick six. So uh, you know, nothing that I can say bad about this defense. They continue to make great plays. DeForest Buckner continues to look like uh, all pro. Uh, in, yeah. in the middle, but I tell you what, this is going to very quickly become a Grover Stewart stand pod, I think, because uh, that guy every every week there's at least one drive that he just decides is not going to work for the opposition, and just single handedly decides they're not getting anywhere on this possession and blows it up. Uh, he did it again today. Uh, I think you're going to see from him all the time. Uh, Grover Stewart might be the most underappreciated guy fell right now. Because I, I think people in Indianapolis get it. I'm not saying that the people listening to this pod don't understand it. I think everybody here understands how well Grover's playing and, and what he means to this defense. But I think nationally, he's you know completely unknown. And I don't know that there's a nose tackle playing better right now in the league than him. You're 100% right. Two more tackles for loss. Remember, he is easily one of the most underrated players nationally in the NFL by far. He's Again, he's been the Colts MVP, I think, this season. By far the most consistent and best player, which is... And one aspect, a credit to him also, at the same time, not great. We're talking about a nose tackle being the best player and the most consistent on this team for sure. But you look, I mean, this Colts, the sum of how bad and, and how inept the rushing was, Colts outrushed the Patriots. And that's, again, a Patriots team that needs to and wants to run the ball first. Just 70 yards. Uh, let's see, what was the uh, yards per uh, attempt? Because it was not very high whatsoever. It was 2.5 yards per attempt. So th this, like, they did a really good job. They were the only thing I guess you could really complain about is maybe you get a few extra, you know, recoveries uh, on some of the the uh, fumbles they did force. Otherwise, it's like they they're flying around. They're doing a great job, George. It's just such a waste that this offense stinks. Oh, and it and it you know the guys you feel bad for are Stephon Gilmore, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. These these veteran guys that are out there. Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay came back, had a, a big impact today too. I, I don't think there's any coincidence that they only gave up two point five uh, per rush with when he was back on the field. You're 100% right. It was nice he gets a sack as well. And they put, you know, they got Mac Jones down four times. So, one of the things we we're talking about with this Colts is not enough of a sustained pass rush. Again, they did that. They took advantage of a bad offensive line that the, the Patriots have. They, you know, Pat's kind of the same boat as the Colts here with an inconsistent line. Now, the Colts have been way worse for sure. But credit to the defense again. They do their job. Like you mentioned, 27 of, or excuse me, 17 of the 26 points was given away by the offense special team. So, you're looking at a defense that held this Patriots offense to three field goals. You, you should win every single game when you hold the team to 200 total yards and allow three field goals. They won it in Denver. And again, barely won that one, and they kind of you know paid the piper for that win this week by losing 26-3 to the Pats. So when we do return here in the Blue Horseshoe Pod, that was at least a sprinkle of positivity here because we got to give you something. The defense absolutely deserves some of the love. Gus Bradley has done a tremendous job. And again, after really what was a brutal first three quarters against the Texans, an awful first half against the Titans, week four, and an overall bad game against the Jaguars in week two. But again, that was uh, the offense didn't do them any favors either. Steve has been very good and very consistent for sure. It's just a shame that the offense can't do anything to really help him out. But we will get into two interesting quotes from Frank Reich post game, including him being asked if a quarterback change 
is going to happen. I'll, we'll tell you what Frank Reich said uh, in the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 